discursive thinking that we're really trying to train our mind not to do. So when we think, oh, wait a second, I'm thinking about lunch, I'm meditating here, then you have your mind back. That's the state you want to be in, is an awareness of what your mind's doing. So we rejoice because ah, we're doing what we should be doing. We're meditating in the proper way. We return to the object of meditation, and then we relax. Because um, for a couple of reasons. One is that fundamentally, the more relaxed you are, the more you enjoy your meditation, the more uh, the easier it's going to be to stay in the object of meditation as well. And also, as Westerners, we tend to have tense lives. We tend to have busy lives. And the relaxation just needs to be reinforced. We just have to remind ourselves to relax. No, that's too much. So, we're going to do a meditation. We talked about the six preliminaries and the seven ingredients uh, last week. I'm just going to basically review those in the meditation. So, kind of settle in. Just review the seven points of posture for yourself. Close your eyes. So we'll review the six preliminaries for meditation. We've, uh, we have a, an orderly room. We have an altar that we've set special things on. And now, we're going to start uh, meditation by resting the mind on the breath for 10 breaths. And counting the breaths, and you can either count one, two, three, four, and so on. Or I found it very helpful when counting breaths just to stay with one. Breathe in, out. If you breathe out, you breathe in, one breath. Breathe out, breathe in. That's one. We just kind of go like that. It's just less to keep track. Um, so, close your eyes and on your own. Just have ten good breaths where your mind is resting on the physical sensations of the breath. Keeping your eyes closed, bring someone to mind who is um, who you admire, who uh, who is a, a good holy image for you. Someone who you can 
see as a sacred being. Find that person that uh, it could be a beach, it could be a place in nature. Bring that to mind. And first, think about one good quality of your object of meditation. Um, perhaps compassion, perhaps uh, generosity. It's the, but note something that you admire about that person. And just have some joy that they're that way, that they're in your life and you have those qualities. for this person. Make them an offering. Something in your mind, um, flowers, a bouquet of flowers, a hillside of flowers, a whole sky of flowers, perhaps your uh, effort in class tonight, perhaps something you did that was, that was good today. Just offer that to And then think of something you've done uh, the last 24 hours, perhaps, that was good. It really kind of rose to the occasion. And just acknowledge that in front of this person you're holding in your mind. And just rejoice that you do do good things, that you have good qualities.
you then request this person to stay in your life, to be available to you when you do. Ask the person for realizations, for teachings, Ask them for their blessings. So those are the preliminaries. Let's do a five-minute meditation. We'll be resting the mind on the breath. And we'll be just following the breath as the breath comes in and out. When the mind wanders away, we return to the breath. We'll focus our mind on the physical sensations of the breath in the body. So we'll go in a few seconds. There'll be a gong to start the meditation, and then a gong to
questions about meditation so far? Anything that is worthy? Okay. Hmm, I have a pointer in here, theoretically. Oh, there it is. Uh, let's see. Can people see that that's an elephant, that's a monkey, that's a monk, there's another elephant, there's another monkey, there's an elephant. Is that clear enough to people? Okay. Seven stages, or the nine stages, rather, of meditation. Um, from the point where you first sit down with the intention of meditating, of being able to quiet your mind, to the point where you arrive at perfect stillness. It is very achievable. There are stages you go through, and they tend to be the same for, uh, you know, for all of us. So we're just going to review those stages um, and just talk about kind of what you need at the different stages and what we're kind of trying to do. So right here, you see a monk uh, chasing an elephant who's being pulled around by a monkey. Uh, the uh, monk is you, trying to learn how to meditate. The elephant is the mind. And the monkey is distraction, discursiveness, agitation, that sort of bouncing around quality. Um, and that's the first stage, where we just place the mind on the object. And I think we've all had that experience. Uh, where we rest the, our mind on the object of meditation, stays there, breath or two, maybe more, but at some point it just kind of bounces off. It's this first stage, that bouncing off, uh, looks kind of like this. You know, if the, the darkness here is how much our mind is actually on the object of meditation, that's kind of where we start, where we land on the object of meditation, and we just bounce off. And the goal here is just to be aware that you're bouncing off. Because if you're not aware that you have left, you cannot return. So here, in this first stage of meditation, we're just settling in the mind as a torrent of thoughts. Um, and we make effort to keep the mind stable, but we kind of realize that what's happening is the mind's going to wander off. We catch it, bring it back, and really that's the practice we're doing. We're catching the mind and bringing it back, because you know, we're not on the object of meditation all that much here. Um, the second stage of meditation, we've uh, more stability. Still, the, uh, the times that we are off the object of meditation are a little bit longer than the, uh, than the times that we are on the object of meditation. Yeah, it's longer than the times we are uh, on the object of meditation. Uh, but we have some continuity. The point at which we go from stage one to stage two is when we can rest the mind consistently for about 10 breaths without having to fly off. 
you've got that same mind, and he's still chasing the elephant around. He's still chasing the mind around. Um, and the monkey is still leading him, but it's not quite as wild. Um, A third phase, placing the mind and patching the gaps. This is the stage of meditation where it looks more like this. We're on the object of meditation more than we are off the object of meditation. The point where we go from here to here typically is when we can stay on the object of meditation for about 21 breaths. Um, the uh, And at that point, still, what we're working at is catching the mind when it's off the object of meditation and bringing it back. So that, that uh, uh, those qualities of mindfulness, which is just kind of uh, being aware of what we're aware of, and then the awareness of what we're aware of, are big, uh, are big features here. And different points, there's flames here, 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 here. Try to find where they are from there. And the, at the uh, top. Do you notice like, this part? It looks like at the top, maybe. These flames here, 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 and here. Uh, a little hard to see in the picture, but they get smaller as, uh, as you go through the process. And it represents the effort that you have to put into your meditation. Because at first, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of mental work to stay on the object of meditation. But as we uh, settle the mind, it becomes easier and easier. So the flame gets less and less. Um, the fourth uh, uh, stage of Meditation is when we've got to the point where we are on the object of meditation pretty consistently. And that's represented by uh, this line. Uh, this chart, by the way, was uh, done up by uh, Jay years ago. Just want to say thanks. Thank you. A little bit of uh, acknowledgement. I, I was just remembering after taking your class. Pardon? After taking your class, I went back home and made. Oh, okay. <laughs> time. Here it is. Six years back. <laughs> it's a good, that was a good chart. Um, but here, the, the mind, we are uh, on the object of meditation. Uh, and it's a landmark. The point at which you can rest your mind in one place and have a fair amount of confidence that's going to stay there. You have a skill that very, very few humans have in this world. And it's very good for a variety of things, for concentration, for uh, attending to tasks, uh, for, um, for a spiritual life. If you're wanting to hold a prayer and image and intention in your mind, if you're doing a certain practice, the more stable your mind is, 
the better that practice is going to go for you, the more benefit you're going to get from that practice. And this is really that stage. So here, oh, she wears her elephant. And here we find that that's the point where the monk has caught up to the, uh, to the elephant. And you notice that the elephant starts out dark, and he's getting lighter and lighter and lighter. And it's, the lightness is more that sense of uh, calm, of centeredness, of, uh, oh, there's a word that's not coming to mind, it'll come soon. Uh, but the white is that increasing sense of ease, of meditation, of centeredness, and of uh, stability in the world. That just increases through the whole you know, path as we uh, go through the stage. Um, at this point, when we're placing the mind closely, the struggle we have with meditation moves from just being able to stay on the object of meditation to being aware of subtle dullness and agitation. And dullness and agitation we've talked about before. Uh, they are present from the beginning. You know, mind gets dull, kind of lazy, kind of fuzzy. We've all had that, you know, that kind of mind. Or an agitated mind, uh, anxious, or just busy, like the mind uh, is a monkey just bouncing around uh, you know, inside of our head. Um, the, the easiest thing we're going to notice is dullness. Because dullness, when you're in meditation, is something like this. You're on the object of meditation, and you're just slowly losing it. Uh, it, go, it gets a little less clear. You have thoughts coming in from the periphery. Then the object of meditation moves into the periphery, and those uh, central, or those distracting thoughts are in the center. You're still kind of aware of the object of meditation. And slowly it just fades. And with uh, dullness, you're able to catch it easier because it takes so long to go. Uh, agitation is more you're on the object of meditation and then you're off. It's a very quick process, a little harder to catch. So, So here, we're representing uh, the fifth stage and uh, the sixth stage, this is dullness and agitation. Now, to classically, uh, this is taught as dullness is the issue, the main issue of the fifth uh, stage, and agitation is the main issue of the second stage. It's not really quite accurate, but it's more true that that dullness in the fifth stage and agitation in the sixth stage are the things that you're most able to, uh, to catch at that particular stage. And that's why it's phrased like that. But what we're doing we're at these stages is we're on the object of meditation and we are aware that the, the brightness of the mind uh, comes and goes, that we have 
uh, a certain uplifted quality of the mind, a certain liveliness of the mind. It's not agitation, and it's not kind of squirreliness, you're not jumping all over, but it's just resting in an uplifted sort of way. And we start to, at that point, have the sensitivity to where we realize, I'm losing that a little bit. I'm getting a little dull. And then we talked about the antidotes for dullness last class. We just kind of bring the mind back to the center. Agitation happens. We bring that. We, uh, we do uh, practices to deal with the agitation. And we bring the mind back to the center again. What we're looking for is relaxation, a relaxed mind, that has the quality of clarity and eventually a sort of in, uh, a quality called intensity that is just a, a, a sharper sense of clarity, essentially. Um, let's see. And one, two, three, four, five. So we're kind of in this range where we're good meditators. Um, we've got the distractions of the mind under. generally controlling, but still coming in on the periphery. Um, let's see. And then we get into stage seven here, where the battle is pretty much has been won. Uh, Pacifying the mind totally. Uh, the mind is still, there's still an effort that needs to be made. You're, you still, as you're on the object of meditation, are resting in a place that's relaxed, that's lively, that's bright, uh, that's clear. Um, but we need to make some effort. Subtle dullness will creep in at times. We do our um, pursue our practices to bring the mind back to the center, so the agitation comes in. But here again, we've won. You know, this is just more like a mop-up operation. Um, This is where you start having a great deal of realization. At this point, you can stay on your cushion for two, three, four hours and just rest and not have to get up, not have the mind wander. You're able to practice in a, a very profound way. But it takes a little bit of effort in, uh, in the beginning. And then we move to stage nine, where our mind's pretty much uh, Classified completely. Um, we, uh, when we sit down to meditation, we just drop into it pretty much instantly. When we're done with meditation, we get up, we go about our day. Um, back there. 
And our mind really never leaves meditation. The quality of one's mind at that stage is such that every moment your mind is calm, centered, you are able to choose where you rest your mind. Um, these are generally stages that, uh, uh, that we get to. We tend to get to the stages a little prematurely at times, like you'll be sitting and say you generally you know, are still struggling with stability, and you know, just have a day where you just are stable, the mind's calm, stay on the object of meditation, and just, oh, it's great. Next day, you know, maybe, maybe your mind's scattered, you're jumping all over the place again, you go back, that tends to be the way meditation goes. But we have these achievements at certain stages that when you know what that's like, when you know what it's like to really have the mind stay on the object, you have achieved that in that you know what it's like and you know how to get back there. Okay? Here, we talked about the obstacles of meditation in the last class. Um, and I just want to talk about where those tend to arise in the, uh, uh, in the different stages of meditation. Not wanting to meditate was the first obstacle. That's before you get to stage one. Because if you're sitting on a cushion, you're at one of the stages. Losing the object completely early on in our meditative uh, practice, uh, it, uh, that's something that we, um, that's one of the first main achievements of it, is uh, not having to worry about losing the object. Uh, dullness and agitation, you can be aware of it at level one, tends to come out more around level four, five, six, because we stop having to deal with the losing the object completely, you can focus a little bit more. Um, not taking action to uh, work with dullness and, action and uh, agitation, again, same levels. Um, Overreacting, uh, we talked about that sense of trying to fix something that doesn't need to be fixed because we've been monitoring our meditation for so long that we're just used to fixing. So we get to a point where there's really nothing to fix, and we keep trying to fix it. Uh, and again, uh, when we get to that point, good for you. Mm. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, good. Um, it's kind of a brief run through on the stages. But I presented that material because I want you to all to understand that the quality of your meditation will have those changes. And it will go up and down. I remember uh, uh, the, my, our greater sangha in, uh, uh, with Geshe Michael Roach uh, supported a three-year retreat. And I was treating the people in the retreat. And I'd go visit them about every six months. And there was consistently what I would hear from virtually from 90% of the people 
that they have good days where they're just in, you know, in that level six, level seven, they're just oh, really sweet spot. And the next day, level two, level three, they have a fight with someone or something came up in their mind, some, uh, uh, something that disturbed the quality of their mind and they just can't get rid of it. And then they go, you know, the next day they're somewhere else. Um, there, there were, I would say, probably maybe maybe 10 to 15% of the people in the three-year retreat that had stability, um, that had, um, uh, that were at that level eight, level nine, where they really did not have to worry about bouncing around. You can get to that uh, place. It does require a lot of work. One of the things that people ask a lot is, well, um, how long does it take to go through this process? How long does it take to taste that, um, that final level of, uh, of meditation where the mind is perfectly pacified? And I've heard of different reports. Uh, I've heard some people say, if you have a relaxed environment in, uh, to begin with, you go into a meditation retreat, you can get to this stage in maybe six months. Uh, I've heard other people say, eh, it takes about 10,000 hours, which if you do the math, is about uh, a three-year retreat. Of, you know, if you're meditating uh, eight, nine hours a day, it takes you about uh, three years to get there. Uh, I've heard other people say that if you are kind of in the world, uh, you can get to about level five, level six, but that's about it. The other levels are really only attainable in, um, in deep retreat. I've heard other people say, if you really want to go for a still mind, you can do that in the world, but you really need to be meditating about five hours a day to get there. But that will take you there. So a lot of different opinions on this. I have not reached that ninth level yet. Um, I would venture to say that if the quality of your mind starts out as generally peaceful, you're going to have an easier time. If the quality of your mind is generally agitated, it's just going to take longer to do. Um, meditation benefits greatly from um, consistency. And that's really going to be what makes or breaks your practice. So, what? Okay, I just want to talk a little bit about walking meditation and do a walking meditation before the break. Uh, who here has done walking meditation? Show of hands. Okay, I'll do uh, uh, a little review for most people here. Let's do a stand up. Uh, walking meditation is one of the four postures of meditation you could do. It's a very handy thing to have in your bag of tricks. Um, if you're in a long retreat, it's hard to sit for 10, 12 hours a day. A lot of times you can do supine meditation, but there's certain times where you're tired and supine meditation is just going to be a struggle because you're just going to want to fall asleep. 
Um, sometimes your legs hurt and you just want to stand up. Sometimes um, you, your mind's scattered and you want to just get a little bigger arena for your mind to wander around in. Walking meditation is meditation. It's not just wandering around. Uh, there's different positions. The position I'm going to show is a fairly classic one where you have the uh, um, if, I'm, if I'm dyslexic here, someone <laughs> someone let me know. But I believe it is uh, uh, the, with the right hand we make a very gentle fist. With the left hand we just cover that and thumbs just kind of fall together here. The hand is held right about at the navel. You don't want it kind of dropping down here. It tends to lead to a dull mind. If you hold it up here, I mean, try it. It's kind of, it's a little agitated. Right about here is just a nice sweet spot just for a relaxed presence. Um, you want to have the shoulders open. Again, that bring them up, bring them back. Ah, let them drop. Works very well here. The size of the steps will change with different uh, traditions, with different lineages. In Zen, they will tend to walk very slowly with lifting the foot and placing it about a half step in front of the other, shifting the weight, and then bringing this one up and back again, shifting the weight here, that. And it's calming, it's a very easy way to be. If you're needing a little more mm, motion, uh, you can do it more stepping like this. What you're focusing on in walking meditation is the tactile sensations in the body of the feet on the floor. So as you're doing walking meditation, you have heel strike with one foot. You're aware of the sensations of that. You roll onto it. You're aware of the changes there. You're aware of the tactile sensations. You're not intellectualizing. It's not like heel strike. Oh, good. I got heel strike. It's more just calming the mind, not having a lot of dialogue here, but just being aware of the feeling in the foot as it comes through. When the other foot comes around, you have heel strike, you transfer the tension to the forward foot. So you're starting to think then about the tactile sensations in the foot as it touches the floor and rolls through. You come through again, heel strike, the focus gently shifts to the other side. So let's just clear a little space to uh, walk. Typically, when you're in a group doing walking meditation, uh, if there's limited room, if you're inside, people tend to walk in a circle. So I'm kind of wanting to have a little opening here. Can we just move that shit just a little, just so people can kind of walk through? I'm going to, uh, it's okay, move your chair just over here. We get a, okay with that? Hmm? Oh. Be careful. Uh, yeah. We'll walk for a short bit. Hmm? But, Unplug uh, that and pull them. Pardon? Unplug that and pull the cords up 
part oh, there, yeah. so you don't trip. Be careful. Um, I'm afraid to mess with this, to be honest. <laughs> so, okay. be careful to just step over yeah. the cord. Let's kind of go with that, okay? Um, let's see. Anything else I need to say about that? No. Oh, the uh, gaze, typically, again, the head is positioned as if you're looking forward, but the gaze is lower. Um, you're aware of the people around you as much as you need to be. Uh, if uh, you realize that you're walking in a circle and everyone's backing up behind you, you have to walk a little faster. You know, if you're on someone's tail and kind of, you know, just trying to, you have that sense of you're trying to push them, back off. His walking meditation as a group is a social event. So we're just going to walk around this way. And uh, we'll go for about five minutes. So let's start. The gaze is lowered. The head is in a neutral position. Shoulders are back. And let's just start to take a step. And we'll walk up like this. Let's just kind of choose this as about the uh, pace for ourselves. And the object of meditation, the physical sensation of the feet as they contact the ground. If you notice you're holding tension in your body, just let the tension go.
a minute and just adjust your posture. seats for a minute. Uh, so was that, uh, was that uh, doable? Was that, was that something that, that made sense? Felt like meditation and so on. What I'm taking for me, it really took a while for me to get relaxed with. Because there's a lot to keep track of. You know, you're walking, you have to keep balance, you not run into anyone, mind still tends to wander, you have to bring it back, you know, and so on. Um, I would say practice with it. Uh, it's a good thing to have in your bag of tricks because if you're wanting to have you know, a, a day of meditation or a morning of meditation, and you find that you just you know you just can't sit anymore and you need to move around, it's a very good uh, uh, a very good alternative to sitting in classifying meditation. So we're going to take a break. I just wanted to say I have. Some books. Good to have books on meditation around. Uh, it's, uh, uh, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of nuance. A lot of subtlety to meditation. And a book will really, you know, a good book will really bring these out. These are uh, some very good ones. Two entitled "How to Meditate." Um, Alan Wallace is uh, I'm a big, big fan. Uh, and uh, John Yates, uh, also known as Chiladasa, this is uh, perhaps my favorite meditation book, brilliantly written. It's uh, uh, a little different spin on the nine stages of meditation and just a, a brilliant analysis. So I'm bringing them up here just so the people can come and uh, pick them up, read them. Let's have a break, uh, five, ten minutes, and we'll come back and do this up. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just set them on there. Just give you, give them to me uh, by the end. Um, 
I'm So in the winter, his walk is getting pretty cold. 
Um, in the summer, it's full of bugs, it's full of snakes, it's full of animals. And he's got everything he needs. He's, um, he's got time to meditate. He's got um, good teachers all around him. The uh, US at that time were supporting the Tibetan refugees. So in this valley, he could go to a certain village, and once a month, he'd be handing out uh, five kilo bags of uh, barley flour. And he'd get one, and that would last him for a month, and that's what he lived on. He was perfectly happy. And Alan tells a story about uh, coming to visit this month once, and it looked like he had something on his mind. He looked a little troubled, which was unusual. He says, what's going on? And the monk says, well, you know, the Dalai Lama's office has offered me a, a position uh, in uh, Dharmasala teaching at a monastery, teaching the kids. And I love kids, and this would just be wonderful for me. And, and then I just kind of realized that I have to leave all this. And it's just that <laughs> sense of, well, what do we actually need to, to be happy? be contented. And I think it's different for all of us. All of us have had different experiences in our life. Uh, some of us have been homeless, some of us have lived on the road, some of us have lived as wanderers, and some of us uh, haven't. And what we can tolerate as, uh, uh, as you know, individuals in terms of having that sense of we have what we need, well, it's going to be different for each one of us. Uh, and it's just something to keep in mind. It's something to know about yourself. What do you need to have that sense of, like, God, I've got all? Um, there are other points up here. Read the, read the handout when you get home. But the one thing I wanted to talk about uh, from the handout is a condition called loom. Um, loom in, uh, I believe, Sanskrit. Uh, means uh, is synonymous with the breath. So is that anyone know? Is that Sanskrit or Tibetan? No, Sanskrit. It's Tibetan. It's Tibetan. Thank you. Um, uh, it's Tibetan for breath or, or wind uh, and such, and it refers to a condition that you can generate if you're doing a lot of meditation. It's a condition where the prana runs through the body is a little overstimulated. And it plays out in terms of symptoms as being kind of giddy, just starting to break out into hysterical laughter, you know, for, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, sleeplessness, uh, where you just, it's kind of like you're just wired up at night and you just can't fall asleep. It plays out as a certain agitation, a certain sometimes um, uh, anxiety. Um, and it's a problem because if it's left unchecked, it just tends to get worse and worse. Um, the sleeplessness is the biggest issue because if you go <coughs> for more than a couple nights with this lung condition without getting any sleep, you can really start to fry your channels, your energy channels. And there are a lot of um, sobering tales about practitioners in a deep retreat who started generating a lot of loom, 
didn't take care of me appropriately, and just never got back to it. just never got a, a back to a point where their mind was calm again. And you know, I, I know a few people who just, you know, their their chance at really getting the realizations and the um, the changes in their spiritual life that come from having a very still mind. You're just not going to have that in this lifetime. So it's something you want to take seriously when you notice it. Uh, the antidotes are back off your practice. If you're practicing eight hours a day, you'll back off to six or even four hours. Take a couple days. Just relax practice. Eat healthy foods. Fatty foods, uh, oil, uh, popcorn with butter is real popular. Peanut butter, real popular. I know one practitioner who would go into retreat with a bottle of olive oil. And when he got started getting some uh, wound, he would just start taking shots of olive oil. It would work very well for him. Um, and uh, you may find that a sleep aid is necessary, something to help you calm down. It's a good idea when you go into retreat to have something available that way. But uh, it's not something that you want to leave unchecked. And if you are in retreat and go two nights without being able to sleep, you need to break retreat. Uh, it's not something, at that point, you're deeply into it. It's just not something you want to mess around with. So enough about wound. heard the word Gataka? Raise your hand. Okay. Gataka refers to a 24-minute period of meditation. Uh, if you do the math, it's 1 60th of a day. That gets brought up a lot. I'm not sure why. It seems <laughs> uh -huh. um, and it tends to be a, just a good time frame for uh, meditators because it's enough time on the cushion where it really allows the mind to settle. But it's not so long that you're going to start having problems uh, you know, of just physical discomfort. And it's not so long that the mind just starts to wander more. Because for a lot of people, if you sit down for an hour to meditate, a lot of that time, the mind is just discursive. It's just wandering around that the, the longer that time period gets, the longer those discursive, those discursive periods seem to get. Uh, 24 minutes uh, is just that sweet spot. And especially the pattern of 24 minutes on, then take a break for six minutes. Stand up, walk around, adjust your cushions, go pee, get a glass of water, get back to the cushion, so you're at 30 minutes, and you could just go through an hour schedule like that for several hours. And you find that uh, if you're in a uh, meditation retreat with other people, oftentimes it'll be set up that way, that you, you'll do like uh, two hours or three hours of Gaudicus, and it's like four of Gaudicus, just fit precisely in there. Uh, we're gonna do a Gaudicus now, because I want y'all to have the experience of sitting for that long. So the things we need to attend to that are different than a five-minute meditation is 
for a longer period of time. So we need to be especially mindful of how our meditation is started. We want to be in a position with the back supported, where the thighs, if you're sitting in the chair, the thighs are fairly level on the ground. Um, and we just want to check the posture. You want to be especially mindful of uh, um, if you are on the object of meditation or not. So there's that part of your mind that's sitting back there that's just kind of observing you meditating. It should not be the, um, the dominant part of your attention. You know, this part of you that, that is mindful of what's happening where your mind is, uh, can become the main focus of your meditation. Um, it's not what we want to be doing. It's not helpful, essentially. Um, let's see. In a group of people, if you find that you're starting to get tired, you need to change your position a bit, you want to do it quietly, because you want to be disturbing the people around you as little as possible. Uh, because there's a lot of distractions in meditation as it is, and one more for you moving, you know, it's just going to be a little more troubling for the people around you. So we want to be especially good about just being still uh, for that period of time. Uh, if you feel like a coffee attack <coughs> coming on in your inner group, just you need to go outside. Just, you know, very quietly stand up. Just go have drink of water, come back in when, uh, uh, when you're ready, like that. Um, so let's, let's do that. So there's going to be the, uh, about a 20 second period where you just settle into your meditation. You do this with closed eyes, with open eyes. So settle into your posture. We'll be meditating for 24 minutes. And again, we'll be resting our mind on the breath, the tactile sensations of the breath.
return to the object of meditation, release, rejoice, return, and relax.
meditation a positive thing. Reward yourself when you meditate. Uh, the good job. Uh, and 
will have a tendency as Westerners to just uh, get down on themselves about not doing it enough, not doing it right, um, not uh, having a good enough practice, and so on. It's just unhelpful. Be positive. It's just it just gets you where you want to go faster. Um, good, a very good idea to when you sit down to meditate, have a specific length of time. I really meditate one, even if it's just five minutes. Because if you if you leave it open-ended, there's a tendency for the mind just to kind of wander and get scattered and dull. And again, just not helpful for the practice. And we're good. Let's see. Um, yeah, there you go. Essentially, in meditation. We're trying to do nothing, and it's harder than we think. Um, it takes a lot of practice because when we, you know, when we sit, if we're not you know, meditating, the mind is doing something else very actively. The mind is wandering. You have a lot of thoughts coming up in your head, and so on. So the goal is to get better and better at doing nothing, and uh, it takes a lot of practice. So work with that. Um, uh, note your progress, uh, and you kind of decide you know, how this fits into your life. Um, if it's something you want in your life, make time for it. Um, the question gets asked occasionally, you know, how little meditation do I have to do to, to have a benefit? Really, five minutes a day will get you some benefit. Um, five Hours a day will bring you realizations that very few humans have been able to. And there's a big bandwidth that, uh, you know, in between. So decide what you want to do and uh, stay with me and be happy with it. Um, it's late. I would ask for questions, but I want everyone to go home and go to sleep. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Uh, if you have questions, contact me. I'm more than happy to answer. Thank you. 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 Thank you.